the Monday Mindset Podcast, where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 45. And this week, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry, we are back with the second part that I promised you of Brene Brown's podcast, Dare to Lead, the episode she did with Dr. Susan David discussing the dangers of toxic positivity. And last time talked about what Susan David refers to as forced false positivity and the tyranny of positivity and the danger really of not allowing people the time and the space to really feel their feelings. But then the other side of that, and this is something you brought up and the area you struggle to find the balance with is this danger of dwelling too long on hard and uncomfortable feelings, both past and present. So really, I guess the question is how best to find that sweet spot that we spoke about before, rather an elusive sweet spot, I guess, and work through those feelings to a naturally more positive place rather than this forced positive place. And emotional agility is her big thing. It's the name of her book. And it's one of her main topics of focus. The way she refers to it as the, the capacity to hold our emotions lightly and not become locked down into right versus wrong and not to let our emotions and stories own us. And she talks about that phrase that I've certainly used and I'm sure you've heard people saying that they feel they're stuck. I'm stuck in these negative emotions. I'm stuck is what you're feeling. And it's about trying to create a bit of space from those raw feelings and gain some perspective. If you were, for example, to get help from a wise person in your life, what would they advise? And they talk about how language is important and how you talk about yourself and your emotions. And she talks about creating a linguistic space. And when she gets into defining emotional agility, one of the things she brought up that as being really important is approaching these feelings of discomfort with curiosity. If you think about it, being curious tends to put you in a much more open frame of mind and a more productive mindset away from blame and judgment, um, rather than focusing directly on the emotion and whether it's good or bad. For her, you know, emotions aren't good or bad. This is where she comes into talking about signposting. And this is one of the things that was such a big topic in the episode that I wanted to separate it out. But I think it addresses a bit more some of the questions that, that you had last time. And so rather than focusing on the emotion, whether it's good or bad, she talks about being curious about what is this emotion signposting to me about what my need is, what my values are, what do I care about? And she says, emotions signpost things that you care about and what you need. A good example of this is if you feel rage while you're watching the news, she says, that rage isn't negative. Emotions aren't negative. They're normal, she says. They're not good or bad. 
But this rage is signposting something like maybe your value system of equity and fairness and that you need to make more moves in your life towards that value. And so it's thinking about emotions as signposts. They're telling you something. What are they telling you? You need to get curious about that. If you suppress these feelings and bottle them up, this is when they start to become associated with things like depression and anxiety. So when emotions do bubble up, be curious. What is this emotion telling you? And try and label it. Labeling helps with problem solving because you have to really start thinking about it and getting specific will give you these signposts towards a solution. And they talk about the limitations of basic vocabulary when it comes to emotions. And Susan David says, how can you deal with difficult situations with limited vocabulary like sad or stressed? The terms are too big and they're too vague. And this is where she talks about these signposts, trying to dig into what they're telling you. She uses a few examples of emotions. So if you're lonely, that might be signposting that you need more intimacy and connection. If you're feeling grief, this lovely phrase actually that she used, grief is love looking for a home. I really like that. Um, but she talked about grief. You could tell that she was talking about it from her own experience but she was saying but what's grief it's signposting that the person or experience that has gone from you wants to be with you in memories if you're sad what this might be signposting is that you want a better way of being in the world if you're anxious how can I better connect if you're angry when you feel rather than express anger this is actually quite a useful emotion because it can encourage moral courage as it can actually be quite productive to your core values. And they focus in quite a lot on labeling and getting granular. It's not Granular is not really a term I'm overly familiar with. I don't know if it's a, like an American thing, but it's all about getting into the details, isn't it? But they... They talk about it a lot. Susan David says the importance of this getting granular with labeling emotions. And apparently, if young children as young as two to three years old, who are really encouraged to label their emotions later on in life, they're much better able to self-regulate, delay gratification, and have a stronger sense of moral compass. And when a child has a more detailed understanding of their emotions, they can better dig into reactive emotions and what that means by way of what they should do about them and get a better sense of what feels right or wrong, I guess, for them. And when we get more granular in describing our emotions, we can then get closer to the cause of those emotions that bubble up and what we actually need to do to help ourselves. And this is where Brene brings up Mark Brackett's work and there's, there seems to be a lot of overlap with that. Reminds me a lot about the episode you did talking about his work and really feeling your feelings. Mm -hmm. And Brene talks about emotional granularity 
and how accurately we can label our emotions and what we're feeling. And then she says we're more capable of regulating those feelings. And she asked Susan, which are the most used big words, these two vague words, stressed, angry, sad, busy, happy as well, actually. Too big, too vague. And Susan Davis says what she gets people to do is think of other options and then see where those new words lead you. And they can really change how you see situations. But she says, tough emotions are part of our contract with life. Another quote I really like of hers. It's actually the tough emotions that really can help you identify your core needs. These emotions, again, signpost the things that you care about or need. And being curious and getting granular with your vocabulary helps uncover these needs. And I've heard her use this phrase before, the emotions, and sometimes she says thoughts, that emotions are data, not directives. And we can learn from them. She says it's we who get to choose who we want to be. And the wisdom of emotions allows you to understand what's going on and what to do about it and to identify your values. And that harks back a little bit to the episode we did about James Clear and this importance of finding what your core values are. And actually these emotions and especially these quote unquote negative emotions can help you do that. So words really help with creating a bit of a breathing space when you're stuck, when that phrase, I'm stuck in this emotion comes up and imagining how somebody else would advise you can help you tap into that and give you that perspective taking, Susan David calls it. And she refers to people being able to move themselves out of this emotional space that they're in, that they're stuck in, and just step out of their emotions into an alternative space that offers a more objective perspective. And so you just create that little bit of space between you and the emotion. So really, it's this emotional agility that I see as this just being able to move between the different tactics, I guess, that she has. But this real importance of words and language and labeling. Curiosity is another word that comes up as a, the way you approach. Then it helps you change your mindset and perspective around those emotions. Naturally, you step back a bit if you get curious and you start asking questions. And then you get into re- labeling, starting to think, getting more granular instead of going to typical words like I'm stressed, I'm sad. Let's just define that a little bit better. And that's really going to help get us closer to solutions. And then thinking of emotions as signposts, they're signposts to towards what we really care about, what we really need, what our values are. So it's about moving away from the discomfort of difficult emotions, but in a more productive learning type way, rather than just pushing them aside or bottling them up. So you're spending time with your feelings, with emotions, but sort of just kind of long enough 
that you can learn from them and get what you need to move on into a natural sort of positivity, I guess, rather than this forced, false, toxic positivity. Seems like another key in there that you highlighted is, not sure how to put it in, but being curious about our feelings and seeing them as information that we can identify our values and what's important to us and all of that. It's really also about not judging ourselves for having the feeling. Oftentimes, I think people have an uncomfortable feeling and they have learned that they shouldn't have it. Mm. I shouldn't be angry about this. I shouldn't be sad about this. I should be able to be fine with this. Mm, That's true. So we do all this shoulding on ourselves. And it sounds like her approach, it really just takes it out of that judgment of these things about whether we're right or wrong for having them. They're just natural things that we have and we can use them to help us figure out what to do and um, what our needs are, as you said. So I really like that, taking it out of a judging ourselves for our feelings. Mm. I just really like this concept of signposts, of just seeing them, seeing the emotion that you're having, especially if it's an uncomfortable one, as a helpful signpost. And it's almost undoubtedly not immediately obvious what it's signposting Mm -hmm. towards. And that's where you have to get into this granularity and start asking more questions and start redefining the two loose, big, vague terms like stressed. Oh, I'm stressed. Well, no, let's, let's just try and find some more words for that. And in doing that, in getting into more detail, you're going to find out more about what the core issue is, the, what the, you know, what the real problem is and what the underlying need is. And once you know that, you stop going to the typical, you know, like I'm thinking of, um, you know, stuffing your emotions down with comfort food, for example, mm-hmm. that's your go-to. Well, instead of doing that, asking some questions, you know, what is, what is that underlying need that needs soothing that I'm just stuffing down with chocolate cake or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But, you know, what is it that I really need? As you were talking about this, I was thinking about this little fantasy I have of getting together some of these authors (laughs) and hearing them engage on these topics together. Mm. So, for example, the one that I started last week was by Caroline Leaf, and I will do the second part of that next week. But there's so much overlap in what they're describing, but they look at it differently and use different ways of encouraging people to do it. Judith Ho, who wrote the book Stop Self-Sabotage that we talked about quite a while ago, she talks about, for example, kind of distancing from thoughts and feelings a little bit, even by saying things like, I notice I'm feeling stressed. Mm. So it's an observer rather than I am stressed or even... I'm aware that I'm noticing that I'm, and it just creates more and more distance. Mm. And so I would love to get these three women together and who knows. um, Well, even more, can you imagine a big round table with other people like, 
you know, when, when you start thinking about it and you, you see elements that come from other people, like, you know, I mentioned James Clear there, that mm-hmm. you just start talking about something and you think, oh, yeah, that has that little overlap with something that James mm-hmm. Clear talks about values and how important that is for habits. And then you start thinking, oh, yes, and that overlaps with Gretchen Rubin. You imagine a big mm-hmm. round table, um, you know, overseen by Brene Brown or something yeah can you imagine it would it would be amazing wouldn't it having yeah all these authors and people in the same place and bouncing them off each other and where they might end up it would yeah that would be really good (laughs) which as a consumer sounds interesting to me because I'd like to hear them Mm. kind of rift off each other as far as oh yeah and that's how this is why we do this and write Versus me having to read each of these books and try mm. and put them into the, a bigger format that all works together to get to hear them do that. So anyway, I just took us off track a little bit, but I was just thinking how much fun that would be to get to hear them discussing these topics together. It would be, wouldn't it? And you imagine what new things they would come up with if they were mm-hmm. all in the same room together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should suggest that. Yeah, I might sure. write an email to Brene Brown. We think you should do this. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps that's kind of what she's already doing by having this podcast, just one at a time. That's true. Yeah, but we want them all at the same time. That's right. That's right. The other thing, I, like I said, I was just thinking the whole time you were talking today of how much this overlaps with the Caroline Leaf material. And again, there are differences in, in how they look at it, but very much they're going at the same strategies at some level. So, um it was almost distracting for me because I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of like when Caroline says this. I think it's important. It's an important topic to come at from as many different directions as possible because, well, that's certainly something that resonates with me, that feeling of just being stuck, mm-hmm. getting stuck in feeling mm-hmm. a certain way. And so as many different ways that you can have that might help you get out of that, Hopefully, (laughs) we throw enough out there. One of them will stick as being a helpful road out of it for you. Absolutely. So, Daisy, as I've been thinking about this episode and thinking about how it connects with other episodes, um, I'm going to spend this week giving myself that framework of really trying to identify my feelings as signposts and give myself that space to see what are they telling me? What messages am I needing to hear? So I'm very happy to have something that I can take from this episode and start practicing right away. Yes, it's definitely something that I need to practice too. So I will make an effort to do the same. I hope everyone has a great week. Have a wonderful week. (laughs) 